Welcome back folks, it's been a while, it's Two Brits One Puck. I'm your host, a complicated man, and a man who doesn't like going on a holiday, Dan Masters, with my good friend, a man who likes to read the rule book, and a man who disappeared in the Champions League final, Will Everett, Will, how are you? I'm, I'm very well, did, it, did I disappear in the Champions League final? Or Yeah, Harry Kane had a mare, didn't he? He didn't oh. do anything. <laughs> <I'm madness>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> See, you, you've uh, 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 all at once that you've you've flustered me so much that I'm stuttering. All at once, you've insulted me by calling me Harry Kane, and you've given me horrendous PTSD of the 2006 Champions League final, which, as far as I'm aware, was actually the last Champions League final they ever had. I believe you have a question for me. I do, Dan. I do. I don't know if you're aware, but we skipped last week, and uh, there's quite a bit to talk about, so I'll save it for next week. Fantastic. Should we start the show? Ah, uh, yes. that time of the week. It's a smooth recap. Just when you thought Patrice Bergeron couldn't endear himself more to the wicked smart Bruins fans, dude, it turns out his name is Patrice Bergeron Cleary. He's only got Irish blood in his name as well, the beautiful bastard. Could he be any more Boston? It's the Stanley Cup final, and hockey players' sensibilities have all but been kicked to the curb. Not for Patrick Bergeron, though who has no regrets about leaving millions of dollars on the table to take care of his mental health. Go on, Patrick. The Raptors make the NBA Finals, which is great for the city of Toronto, as they finally have a sports team that doesn't consistently let them down. Expect to see Steve Dangle hoop ball videos any day now, and Elliot Friedman to be making 31 Hoops, a basketball blog, quite soon as well. He used to work for the NBA, you know. So predictable. The SDHL in Sweden will become the first women's hockey league to have all of their games broadcast on television in full after signing a multi-million dollar deal with XVI Sports. I are drawn from the precious hockey fans this week as Devils winger Taylor Hall takes to Twitter to voice his opinions on star making in the NBA. I'm going to paraphrase what he said here. The NHL is fucking dumb and useless and the NBA has stars and we're a bunch of twat bums scratching to make ends meet like a bunch of extras from the musical Oliver. At least that's how some fans seem to take it. Bigoted barstool bastard Dave Portnoy has made a full recovery after being righteously struck down by a St. Louis rally towel. Shame. Draft news now. And obviously the Devils and Rangers get picks one and two in this year's upcoming draft. The talk, recently, has been maybe of taking Capo Caco first overall. But just in case you were wondering, Jack Hughes has scored 228 points in 110 games with the US Development Programme. That's insane. Controversially, both the American flag and national anthem were made part of the traditional advertising flag ceremony before Game 3. No place for such disrespect in today's game. Reigning, but soon to be former Stanley Cup champions, the Washington Capitals are desperate to get back to the finals. It seems they've already been having their players in training early, with Evgeny Kuznetsov trying two new lines. And speaking of disrespect, Antti Niemi has had it up to here with the jokes and taken his services to Jokerit of the KHL. 
hope you're all happy with yourselves. And that was your smooth recap. Okay, we'll get into some of those bits in a minute, because there's still more to be taken from some of those things. But, who's winning the cup, you will? The Newfoundland Growlers. Oh, they have won the cup. They've won the Kelly Cup in the UCHL in their first year of existence. Not quite on the same scale as if the Golden Knights had won the cup last year, but it's still bloody impressive from the uh, from the first time UCHL is. So well done. Well done, Newfie. I say this far too often, but I had no idea you were going to go with that because I've also gone with an ECHL Cup winner because I've gone with a team that's winning the Cup, has already won the Cup, and will never ever lose the Cup again because the Colorado Eagles won the Cup, the Memorial Cup, <laughs> in 2017 and 2018 and have said, we're not giving it back. So now, in the ECHL, there's going to be a new Memorial Cup, which is fabulous. I'd completely forgotten about that. It's absolutely mental. Because well, the Growlers won it last night, was it? Or the night before? Yeah. And they, yeah. I don't know how quickly they put together a fresh cup because they were all skating it around. So Patrick Kelly, who was the former ECHL commissioner, who the cup was named after, by the way, mm-hmm. said he spoke to the owner of the Eagles. And the, the Eagles owner, who I believe is Martin Lind, the, I sort of had a back and forth and Martin Lind said, yeah, we're just going to keep it. And that was it. The Eagles' official oh, well, statement, yeah, the Eagles' official statement was that the cup's still in its box and very safe. They haven't got it on a mantelpiece or anything, so I'm not sure why they've even bothered to keep it. If it's just left it in a box. Oh, it's, it's down the other end of the loft, and I just can't be bothered to get up there. You know, like, it's so heavy, you know, <laughs> to move a bunch of stuff to get there. Martin Lynn said as well. He said they've made numerous attempts to send the cup back and have been ignored, <laughs> which I just. <laughs> Which is just that, like, he returned to sender on it, like, correct address. <laughs> I feel like, paid. yeah, I feel like FedEx, the FedEx van, got to the front door of the ECHL and knocked on the door and nobody answered. So they just had to leave that note in. Like, you know, like, we attempted to deliver it at this time. We've left it with a neighbour. Maybe we left it with a neighbour or something. I don't know. Well, they, That's just yeah, mad, though, isn't it? It goes to the ECHL offices and like the door the, the door to the offices opens onto a staircase and you have to go up like a flight of stairs to get to the office itself. Stuff like yeah. turn opens the door and is like, Oh mate, can you give us a hand up the stairs? Just, Sorry mate, I'm only insured to the door. <laughs> oh, I, can't, I can't. There's nothing I can do. Can't mate. do it. Take can't it back. Do it. You know they should have done the Eagles should have started sending bits of it through the post, like a ransom or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> they should have cut off like a like a bit of the shield or like something like that, like a handle or something, and then just send. We'll send you the rest of it if you cough up like a million dollars. I feel like it's extra psychopathic if they send it directly to Patrick Kelly. Bits of a cup <laughs> that's named after him. <laughs> so true. That is super threatening. I love it. I love the pettiness. I love it. it to be, you know, honestly, it's apparently to do with them leaving the CHL because they've now joined the AHL as the Avs mm. affiliate. And it's apparently the league were going to charge them for leaving the league. And obviously there was obviously conjecture and back and forth. And it was decided in the end, well, you're not going to charge us. And if you don't sort it out, we're just going to keep the cup. So the ECHL went, all right then. So, so are they giving the cup back? No, 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 that's it. They've got, that's the new <laughs> so, cup. So like, they're so, charged and they're keeping the cup. Well, yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess that it just got to the point where the argument escalated so much. It was, <laughs> we're not, <laughs> you're not going to charge us and we're keeping the cup. And the ECHL just went, all right, fine. I'd rather just be done with this now. We'll just make a new one. It's not worth the effort. Just ridiculous. But I love that pettiness. You know I love a good petty fight. And God, this was the pettiest. Who's getting relegated? The former Premier League team known as Tottenham Hotspur. (laughs) The former Premier League team. (laughs) How happy were you with that result? 
when it happened? I mean, like I was, I was relatively indifferent, really, because because I'd, I'd say I hold equal amounts for of, of hatred to towards effectively any team in the top half of the table as I do the Spuds. I don't. Ah, okay, okay. Like Man United are my big hatred as a football fan. Like obviously, yes. I hate Spurs, but not not any more than I hate Chelsea or Liverpool or anything like that. So I was I was a bit bit indifferent about it, but. Definitely, definitely a bonus to have the Reds win rather than Spurs. I am going to relegate, as we mentioned, Class A drugs earlier. I'll be mentioning Class A drugs later. I thought I'd relegate Yuri Laterra, who's been relegated from the NHL to join a team in the KHL. I feel this is his demotion and his punishment for being involved in, allegedly, a Class A drugs ring. I thought you were relegating him from his position as uh, the NHL's poster boy for cocaine use, as now Evgeny Kuznetsov <laughs> oh, has no. him. I should have done that. That's why he's left. <laughs> Just realised. He's, he's not in the league, and he's not even the resident fiend anymore. Yeah, he's not even the drugs expert anymore. He can't even do that. Ah, oh, poor Yori. But then wasn't he, <laughs> he, was, he was more of a drug dealer than a drug user, so I suppose, you know... Well, he sees the, re- the resident fiend and Yuri Letera retains his crown as the NHL's answer to Pablo Escobar. The thing is, though, having been around a few of those people in my previous life, I will say that distributors and users normally go hand in hand. So let's yeah, not, not count Kuznetsov out just yet. They're not successful distributors, though. Fair point, fair point. Yeah, that's a fair point. Within reason, you have to uh, have to keep your nose clean if you want to actually make any serious dollar off it. But this isn't yeah. devolving into the Joe Rogan podcast, so... <laughs> Good idea. How many starters and scratches you got? Uh, I've got a pair of starters and a trio of scratches. Yeah, i got a pair of starters, a pair of scratches. I'll, I'll go first then this week. On, I'm going to start I'm gonna start Hattie the Cat, who got so. stuck on the Royal Albert Bridge, which connects Plymouth and Saltash. Two weeks, Hattie was missing... <laughs> Somebody then saw her on the bridge, the fire brigade were called, who then spent around six hours trying to get this cat down. Cat wasn't having it, so the fire brigade got in touch with Southern Rail, who said they would close the line if need be for this cat. Anyway, it got to the point where they couldn't get the cat down, there was nothing they could do, so everyone went home for the day, and then the cat just turned up back at the house. Every cat is a massive prick, and I love them for that. That's pretty impressive. Isn't it? why, Why did they even bother? You know what I mean? Oh, I think it's so, you could tell that none of those firemen have ever owned a cat. Because I would have just said, guys, at some point it'll just go home. It, this is cats. They just do this kind of thing. God, boys, we've got, we got better things to be doing, please. Just so imagine there's like a giant chemical fire somewhere. Where's truck seven? Oh, they're out rescuing a cat. Ah, oh, God damn it. Okay, let's carry oh, on. That's fair <laughs> enough. Needs, yeah. needs be. Needs must. Uh, the first starter I've got is, uh, it's not a cat, but a, a Krug, a Tory Krug. Ah, is he your number two? No, no. I was just happy oh. to hear the name. That's good. Yeah, Tory Crew, first, uh, first player, first Boston Bruin to uh, record four points in the Stanley Cup playoff uh, final game. Congratulations, Tory Crew. You've done yourself a good one. Absolutely, it was not a charge. I am also. Quite, um... <laughs> what? What's that? that in a minute. Sorry, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, nothing, nothing. My next starter is fans going the extra mile. And we're going to start with, I don't know if you saw this or not, Bruins fan Liam Baker from the UK couldn't get the time off work and said, if I don't get the time off work, I will quit my job. And they said, we dare you. So she did. She quit her job and went to games one and two on her own in Boston. And I respect the hell out of that. I mean, she's got bigger balls than me. That's for sure. I wouldn't do that. Power, power to you, Leanne. My, my thought on this is Leanne must be 
far more better equipped for finding work than I am. <laughs> I, don't, I don't quite know. As much as I love the stars, I don't quite think I'd have the confidence to um to not not find myself on the dole for a considerable amount of time after <laughs> sacrificing my job for a for a trip of a lifetime. So power, power to you, Leanne, and um, we'll see you at the uh, at the job centre in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I it, it's not that as well. It's just I think that it wouldn't be me more getting a job. I just couldn't be bothered looking for a job. It's not the fact that she's quit her job and then has to get another job. I'd be thinking, if I quit my job and go to the Stanley Cup, I then got to come back, send out all those CVs, register to all those, and I couldn't be bothered doing it. I'd end up on the yep. dole just because of laziness, not because I couldn't get another job. Oh, mate, there's nothing wrong with, like, even if you have, like, a short period of unemployment, get yourself on the dole. Like, that is, that is, yeah, even, like, you're entitled to that money. Take that money, even if you've got a million oh, yeah. pounds in your savings. And then to represent the other side of the Stanley Cup, I'm going to represent Blues fan Andy Bartelsmeyer, who was planning on doing a 67-mile charity run. It was then cancelled due to bad weather, so he decided to run 28 miles from his front door to Game 3, which I think is more insane than what Leanne did. Yeah, I, yeah, more pointless than what Leanne did, I'd say. Like, Fair, fair enough, Andy, but um, yeah, that's just stupid. Did he, did he at least raise, raise money for charity as well? Do you know what? I don't know. I think he just did it in the end. I think he just ran oh, it in the end, yeah, just, no. just because. No, if he, if, he, if he did some sort of charity element, power to him. But if not, nah, Andy, you're a, you're a dullard, mate. Sort it out. And to be fair, after game three, it's way worse to run 28 miles and then lose 7-2. <laughs> You'd be <laughs> so pissed off. <laughs> what, did, what did he do? How, how did he go? I guess he ran back. He go- <laughs> no, do you know what? Not. That's amazing. No, he didn't say in the article didn't. that I read. He didn't say in the article if I re- that I read how he got home. <laughs> he did not. He did not. Maybe still well, there. 28 miles home. At like 11 o'clock at night as well. After a 7-2 loss. <laughs> I bet you he would have run home quicker. Because he'd be furious. He'd be rage running. You just run so much faster when you're angry. Crying. <laughs> <laughs> he, should, he should have pelted the flag onto the ice. That would have been powerful. <laughs> Enough of these jerseys and like fish and whatever. Like Launch a bloody flag like a javelin. Yeah, well, he ran with it. He ran with a flag as well, didn't he? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So after the loss, he should have just, just chucked his flag. The ice, yeah, Mate. yeah, because a seven, a seven-two loss. You, yeah, something deserves to go on the ice after that. Yeah, in, in the final, especially if you've run twenty-eight miles to be there, I'd be, I'd be more than after. <laughs> you ran more than a marathon. Okay, Dave. just for example, if the stars, if the star, for some reason, the NHL has a Stanley Cup in England, and the stars are in it. Would you run a marathon to get to the game if you knew you had to run a marathon home? Or would you rather no. just not go? <laughs> uh, no, I'd not go. I'd not go because I'm not, I'm not in any, like, at least Andy was preparing to, to run, what, 67 miles? Yeah, true. Clearly, I mean, clearly for him, this was a day off. He was planning to do 67 and he needed 28. So well, even if he ran there, oh, yeah, he'd have done... About 56. 50, he just stood on less, yeah. yeah. Oh, I bet he did run home. But now, like... I'd, I, I couldn't even run five miles, Dan. I probably could run five miles, but yeah, I no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't run two marathons to go to. I just got visions of you. I've just got visions of you on a country road, just lying in a ditch, like having an asthma attack with your stars jersey on, <laughs> carrying a flag. <laughs> the flag just draped on you. <laughs> oh dear! All right, what's your last starter? My other starter again. I'm I'm being very serious this week. Uh, Vince Dunn. Vince oh, yeah. Game four was uh, on ice for seventeen 
shot attempts for the Blues and for one shot attempt against, leaving him with a 94% Corsi, which uh, my basic understanding of advanced stats is good. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Start on your scratches then. Go on. My my first scratch is going to be uh, Bruins D-man Zdeno Chara, who will be missing the game with an upper body injury. Oh, will he? Mate, is, that what you, is, that, is, is that what you think? I don't, I don't know what I think, because this sport and everyone involved in it is very stupid. He should. The geezer's got a broken jaw, and, he, and he's 42 now? 41, 42? He's ageless. It's just a number. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about that in a minute. Because i got some breaking news for you, my friend. Mate. Is he? No, he's not. <laughs> we'll talk about it in a minute. <laughs> Idiots. Idiots. Someone else is an idiot. Who also, hey, speaking of jaws, someone with a glass jaw, I'm scratching Anthony Joshua. What a bum. What did a he bum. Get, did he get murked? He got beat. Did you not know this? I, no, I didn't even see. Just, he just assumed he would have, like everyone else, that he was going to beat a guy who took the fight on six weeks' notice, whose diet consistent tally of meat pies and Red Bull. Is he the guy? Because I saw some. I'm, I'm not a massive. I'm not even a small boxing guy. I saw some picture going around of what Anthony Joshua and whoever I assume whoever this other guy was. Is he some big fat white guy like uh, like Tyson Fury? Did not Tyson Fury. He's a Mexican American dude called Andy Ruiz Jr. Yeah, I saw something that was like what he was doing in 2012 and what AJ was doing in 2012 and it was Joshua with his gold medal at the Olympics and this other guy was just like some selfie he took on Snapchat or something and he just well fat um, do you so know I assume it was that guy yes yes and I mean Joshua lost he got crushed that's ridiculous in the seventh round amazingly Andy Ruiz's only promoter is his only sponsor sorry his only sponsor is Snickers <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Oh, it's God. Like, but like, and Joshua's like a, the ultimate fighting machine. Like, he's... Clearly not. Just got beaten by, I don't know, big fat thing. Andy Ruiz took that fight on six weeks' notice. Because the other guy, why, Joshua's fighting, pulled out. Why would you take it? Like, I assume Ruiz is a pro. Yeah, yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a, he's a fighter. And he's, you know, he's a proper boxer and everything. He's not just, like, some scrub. He has had, had kind of major fights before. I'm not sure. I'd heard the name before, so that means yeah, like you say, I'm not. I'm the same as you. I'm not a a big boxing fan in any way, but I'd heard the name, so at least he's at least somebody of note. Like he's he's had enough. He's not he's not just some geezer who's like eh, I'll fight and Joshua or whatever. And he only got the fight. He only got the fight because he DM'd the promoter, saying, "I see Joshua's not got a fight. How about me or something like that?" And the promoter went, "Yeah, right." <laughs> and he's oh, now the right. fucking heavyweight champion of the world. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> It's amazing. is a wild time. A Dude, it's wild the year of the time. It's the year of the fat man. It's the year of the fat man. <laughs> what a oh, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. What a guy. Fair play to him. Fair play to him. He took his shot and he got it. Yeah, like you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take then. Exactly. Exactly. What a guy. Andy Ruiz Jr., fair play to you. But Anthony Joshua, you've been scratched, my friend. Turns out all that time in the gym looking like an Adonis. Pointless, mate. Pointless. Unless you've got too a many, decent chin. Too many um, Graham Norton appearances, really. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. If Joshua had Chara's jaw... Exactly. If Joshua had Chara's jaw, he'd be champion for like the rest of his eternity. But he doesn't, so he's not. I'm going to scratch Bobby Orr, because uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he didn't score four points in the Stanley Cup final game, and uh, therefore is, is a worse player than Tory Krug. 
it's um, a good point. Yeah. Sorry, Bobby, you scratched. You see, yeah, because now in in head to head contests, Krug's taken the lead because they've they've both dove through the air in remarkable moments at different points, and now Krug's got four points, which Bobby Orr never did. So confirmed, Krug better than Orr. I, that's not that's not gone how I wanted it to, and um, oh, it's sorry. entirely my fault. I'm very upset right now. Okay, sorry about that. It's not a charge. So speaking of looking fat, as we did with Andy Ruiz, I'm going to scratch Stanley Cup food. And I know this was talked about, well, it's been talked about all over, because obviously Boston introduced a burger made up of a bun, which is two donuts. And then St. Louis fires back with a piece of ravioli that is as big as your head. And I just... Dude. <laughs> this, <laughs> have you I'm seen this? Have you seen that ravioli? Have you not seen the ravioli? That sounds just like... It's insane. It's insane. Is it like made to order then? Do you like get your head measured? And <laughs> however, however big your head is, the, the ravioli is that size. Like a, like a custom Stetson if you're in Texas yeah, yeah, or something. Exactly. <laughs> There's like two parts of the queue. You get your head measured, so you take your hat size and like, right, we want a, we want a size 14 ravioli, please. <laughs> Hey, maybe it is. Maybe it is, but yeah. We we can only hope. We can hope. Did you did you see this food? No, I, I saw the I saw the burger, which like Fuck these are, why? These are sizable donuts as well. It's, do you know what it is? There's just in some places in the world, there's just too much food. There's too much food. It's almost embarrassing. So I was on holiday last week, and it's it's all inclusive because I'm lazy. I hate taking money on holiday. I don't want to go out every night looking for somewhere to eat. So we just go all inclusive. So you just go to the food court, get whatever you want. The amount I love, I love of food... the idea of you going on holiday without a wallet. Yeah, we do. Because yeah. we, we don't need any. Yeah, don't need anything. Well, don't need any money. Well, what if you get like, I don't know. What if you need? You, you might need money at some point, though. Unless we got robbed, we don't need money. I should have brought my robbing <laughs> money. <laughs> then I suppose if you uh, if you don't have a wallet, you can't get robbed. Exactly. See, I'm always thinking. Anyway, so like, who who did you fly with? Mm, Tui. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. We're at this all-inclusive place, and there's just too much food. It's it's kind of embarrassing that you just look around, and it it's so stupid. Is that I just can't enjoy it. I just can't enjoy nice things. But I was just looking around, thinking, oh my god, there's people starving, and you could just see food. It's just food as far as the eye can see, and half of it just gets left every day. And it was just a bit, oh god. And then I see things like you know, fucking ravioli that's as big as your head, and two donuts next to a that's what, that's what we're doing now that's what we're at the point with food is just we're throwing things together that's crazy just for fun I just this ravioli it'd be, it'd it be just... too big like I'd, I I like a good ravioli especially like a good toasted ravioli or fried ravioli whatever you want to call it like and the, the filling is good but if it's as big as your head like that's going to be too much filling what you need to do is if you need to go with a, with like a seven or eight year old child and then give them their head size so it's not too bad. At least it's a bit smaller. <laughs> I, want, I want this ridiculously enormous ravioli, but I don't want it to be that ridiculously enormous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what if you're I've really been treated to try it. You've got some tonk head, and then you're just you're <laughs> like a blockhead. You get you get it after period the first period. The game's in like triple OT, and you're still trying to force this ravioli. <laughs> barely halfway through. <laughs> oh, what if what if what if they measure it? Forehead to chin, like Harry Kane would be fucked, wouldn't he? Because he'd just go on and on and on. He's got a head like a moon, like a half moon. What if you don't have a chin? Does it just keep going down? <laughs> and like, no, because at some point you get to your neck. You are all 
Yeah, but like if you haven't got a chin, there's no discerning line where your head stops. So they're they're legally required to keep going to the floor, and then you end up with like a six foot two ravioli. <laughs> Fucking the elephant man's in the queue. They're like, oh shit, what are we gonna do now? <laughs> it's not shaped. It's not shaped like your head, or is it? You know what? In, in hindsight, there's not enough information about this ravioli, is there? We need more. <laughs> you get a big sheet of, of pasta and just slap it on your head and then cut out around. <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ <clears throat> Bloody hell oh, I've missed this show I'll be honest <laughs> oh, I really want some toasted I mate gutted that our, our local Jamie's Italian as with all Jamie's Italians are shut because they had some good fried ravioli there you could have gone in and said the fucking hell is this it was toasted ravioli sir this is way too small make it again and make it bigger <laughs> uh, yes sir toasted okay. ravioli for ants <laughs> I saw once it was as big as my head <laughs> so make it again uh, what's your last scratch? <laughs> um, uh, right, I'm back in the room. My uh, my last scratch will be Ryan O'Reilly and his thoroughly... Well, it's, it's not really a scratch. It's more like it would be a suspension if I was in George Paris's shoes or standing on his feet like when you dance with a toddler. I'm going to suspend Ryan O'Reilly for having a disgraceful sick curve. Have you have you seen it floating around? The yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. I've seen it before because it, what? the NHL had something on the NHL had something on Twitter ages ago about how players tape their sticks and things like that. And someone said, "Well, you need to look at Ryan O'Reilly's stick and how does he tape that because it looks ridiculous." So yeah, I've seen it before, but I agree, it's fucking balmy. It's disgraceful, isn't it? Absolutely, just like he says, it's good for for like faceoffs, but. Mate, nah, that's gotta be that's gotta be in your head. There's no way some tiny little, it effectively a snaps end of the toe, but like that's not giving him any advantage. And, and if it is, he shouldn't be allowed to do it. But you know, hockey players are like he would have played one game. He had to borrow somebody's stick when he was about nine, and it was fucking weird. And it was the local guy who couldn't afford a real stick, but for some reason O'Reilly had to borrow this guy's stick. He borrowed it, scored five goals or something, and that was it. And he's like, "Well, I can never change it now. This is the stick." The the thing that I like the most about the superstition like that that I like the most, Kyle Turris. Pretty sure it's Kyle Turris. He does like a regular stick tape job, and then he does just a strip round the end of his toe, so sort of lengthways protecting the actual like thin part of the toe. It comes from when he was a kid. His parents didn't have as much money as they could have. And he had to make his sticks last longer. So that if he wanted to go into the boards and try and dig a puck out, having that extra bit of protection stopped the blade splintering as quickly. I like and that. He's just like kept that. it on from that, from, uh, from when his dad was asking him to protect his stick a bit as a kid. It's funny, that, isn't it? It's good. I like that. That's a, rem- that's a constant reminder of where you've come from. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. And now, now the geezer's earning millions and millions and millions for... Not scoring any goals. Let's get on to the cup finals. Two all, Crimea River will, <laughs> but it's fucking horrible. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. God. It's got to be, uh, it's got to be <sighs> really hard being and having your team in the final, isn't it? Dude, it's torturous. It's torturous. I just, I know, I know. I know Danny the Red Wings fan is listening and he's just going to be shouting very large expletives at me right now because I'm complaining about being the Stanley Cup final. But a fuck, just it's so oh god. Do you know what it is? It's so long between games. It's just dragging. It's like being in a saw contraption. You're just dragging out the just. Come on, just get on with it. I mean, when did when did the, when did the final start? Like a month ago? Something. It feels like something like that. It's been forever. 
I, uh, I, I will say that I'm feeling a bit sorry for you, Dan, because I feel extremely liberated uh, after having the Stars knocked out of the postseason because hockey's effectively over for me and it's uh, I, I can get on with real life. Like I spent some time in the garden last week. It was lovely. Really I'm nice. so jealous. I'm so yeah, jealous. Breathe some fresh air. Been doing a lot more washing. It's uh, It's been really nice, actually. And it's a classic thing as well. After the OT loss in game two, you just think, I've just stayed up for this. <laughs> I've just, I've literally stayed up till, well, how fucking time it was, I can't remember, half past three in the morning, quarter four in the morning, for misery. That's why I'm up at this time, misery. I've, I've done my equivalent of running 56 miles for this. <laughs> yeah. I guarantee at least, that, at least that guy had an exercise high when he got in. I don't know, just sat there pissed off. The, the blues are pissing me off as well. Because, to be fair to them, they're trying very hard to make me not like them by doing very mean things, such as boarding Matt Grizzlick and breaking Chara's jaw. Intentional, I'm sure, probably. Oh, yeah. But, and doing this show, I've said before, I, I'm a man who feeds off a rivalry. I feed off hatred. I enjoy it. And I'm just finding it very difficult to hate the Blues. In the back of my mind, I keep going, but if the Blues win, is it really that bad? I mean, I want my yeah, team to that's... win, obviously. But do you know what I mean? I keep thinking about Layla. I'm like, oh, God, wouldn't it be great for that girl to win it? Like, she see a team win a cup. That'd be the best thing ever. They've never won the cup. So it's not like we're playing like a dominant team. No, we're not playing the Hawks or we just think, oh, you know, fuck off. You've had three, like, <laughs> you know, it's not fair. Like, you know, give us this one. You, you almost can't begrudge them winning it. And it, it just doesn't work the same. It's, it's almost part of the problem with having like a, an interconference final. As, as much as the players can develop a rivalry over a seven-game series because you're actually on the ice and you're actually being boarded, you're being illegally checked by Tory Krug repeatedly, yeah, you're involved Rank. in these little battles that create a rivalry on the ice. For the fans, yeah, I'm sure during the regular season you don't give the Blues a second thought, really. It's no, like, not at all. They're just cross-conference, you play them twice a year, eh, not really that fast. Like, yeah, you don't like them while you play them because you don't want them to win, but you don't have any strong opinions either way, sort of thing. Um, and with their story as well, is that yeah, probably definitely. a lot of probably all the Bruins fans up until the cup final were, were saying the same as me, which is this is an amazing story. Good on the Blues. Look at that. It's fantastic what they've done. We were all wrong. Craig Brubay's done a great job and all this kind of thing. You know, they were last on January the 3rd or whatever date it was. And they've got all this way in the playoffs. It's amazing. And then you have, in that one second when they win and you win, you have to switch it to hatred. You can't do it. I think I think part of it is, is like the same thing. I just want it over and done with. It's it's just dragging on and on and on. It's it's too long. It's too long. Give it give it six weeks to be like, oh, when's it starting again? I know, I know. As I said, I was going to break some news. Chara is a game time decision. Oh, it's... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how much stock to put into that, but dude, he was in the pre. He was he, he was he was skating. He was skating today with a full cage on, and he was asked questions by reporters and he couldn't talk he just had two pre-written down answers and just kind of had a card that was like this is what i'm saying about today and it was something along the lines of at this time of the playoffs everyone has injuries and there are challenges that you have to overcome to play i'm no different than any player on either team I mean, that's, that's true but the major difference is that no player on either team bar Zidane Chara has a broken jaw. I mean, there are other key differences between Chara and other people, such as the fact that he's eight foot four. And um... I was going to say, I'm no different than any player on another team. Yes, you are. You're quite different. <laughs> you're you're allowed to break the rules because you require a stick longer than is deemed like 
In Pfizer Dano, you might be the most different. <laughs> so some would say you are the only X, Y, and Z in the NHL at the moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, do, you, so, do you think he'll play? Yeah, I do. I do think he'll play. Oh, I think he's an insane. I think he's an insane so person, bad. and I think he'll play. I just so so stupid. People talk about evolution in hockey, and you know the way things change and the way things move. And I think at some point, hockey will have to somehow look at, like football did. You had one to eleven, and then it became a squad game. You couldn't just have players good one to eleven. You've got to have players on the bench who can make a difference. I just get the feeling at some point, teams are somehow going to be able to regulate their cap to a point where they don't just have what 18, 18 skaters or 19 skaters, you know, they'll, they'll somehow have like 23 or 24 or something over the course of a season. And like they do with goalies almost, they'll have everyone playing 50 games or something instead of everyone playing 80 games or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've got yeah, a guy now. I mean, how is he going it's like, to... It's not even just, you know, it's like catching your breath or... I don't know, like, how is he eating? <laughs> Stuff like that. You know like how how is he going to consume enough food to have energy to play a energy final game? Can you get enough from? Sh- I mean, I guess uh, you know they they have nutritionists and all kinds of stuff. They probably just ground down one of those hamburger donut things into a smoothie, <laughs> made him drink that. <laughs> I heard it wasn't the puck that um, broke his story. It was trying to eat one of those <laughs> hamburger donuts that um, <laughs> broke his. It's like a, a major dislocation. But you know, if you play, you've got a guy, you know you've got a guy with a broken jaw, who's sort of running his you know running his legs off on the ice, just breathing weird and all kind. You know, I just think it's just madness. It's madness. Is there is there an element of like, like he's putting himself in more danger, and that's unfair on his opponents? It's all, yeah, it's, it's, it's unfair to his own team. Both definitely, but like in, it'd, be, it'd be different if it wasn't Chara because Chara's like such a man mountain and stuff. But like, if you go into the corner with Chara and you know he's got a broken jaw, like what? I, I feel like I, I know I've not got the mindset of an NHL player, but you're maybe not going to go as hard on him because you don't want to hurt him, or even if you do, like you run the risk of causing severe injury to him, which wouldn't necessarily be there otherwise. You see, that's the difference. That's the difference between me and you. Is you said, would you not go as hard on him? And I was going to say, what they'd go harder on him, just to kind of put the pain, just to kind of put the pain back in his jaw a bit to make him realise you shouldn't be out here. And he's cost someone, you know, he's he's cost a spot on the team or something. I mean, maybe they're going to dress seven D. There's been talk about that. I don't know. Yeah, I I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Who were we talking about the other week? And I, we were talking about somebody who was in, not in this series. It was God. Who was in? Who was it? And we were saying, is it worth having a fifty percent player? Who's Carson? Was oh, that was it? Yeah, Carson. Yeah. Is it is it good having a really? Is it is it a good idea having a sixty five percent Carson compared to a hundred percent guy who you know can run and run and run? And this is the same thing tonight. I I think it's a bit different because because Chara's not. Eric Carson when he's one hundred percent like still very effective. (laughs) That's fair point. Effective. That's fair point. But he's. He's still a forty-one-year-old player who's had his best days behind him, True. and now he's got a broken jaw. Should we talk about Tory Krug's not charge? Yeah, we can. And uh, I have, you know, while while I was berating you via WhatsApp this week and or last week rather, I've come around. I don't, I don't think it's a charge, but I still don't, still don't like it. Like by, by the letter of the law, it's not a charge, but there's definitely. Um, 
yeah, you can you can see it in his actions after that scrum with the intent. Run. There's yes. there's it's not intent to injure, but intent to hit. And I think there's sort of that's still a bit of a fuzzy line of whether it's particularly a good thing to have. You know what I mean? I agree to a point, but if you if you do everything by the letter of the law, you yeah, know he didn't yeah, even well, take a, he didn't even take a stride in the offensive zone, did he? He just used his momentum and skated up and <laughs> yeah, then laid he, on a huge he just check. Forty five of them in the D zone, <laughs> the neutral zone, right? Yeah, he followed the letter of the law. <laughs> he was he was skitching on the back of a Ferrari and then catapulted himself into Robert Thomas. Like he's Martin McFly hanging on the back of the car on his skateboard, <laughs> and he just crashes into it, shot on him. There's nothing legally wrong with what Krug did, but I still think there's something maybe a bit morally not quite right about it. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. I'm not anti-hitting. I love a good hit. But I still think, like, say he just hopped over the boards and he wasn't interested in the park and he's out there looking for a big hit. It's like, mate, come on. Let's be real here. Like, that's not on. I don't want to say it was a smart play because of what he did but it was a smart play in that he made sure every single thing that he did was unpunishable the puck was there he didn't take enough he didn't take a stride in the offensive zone i get it he had speed shoulder to shoulder followed through on his check didn't leave his feet until after the hit i kind of respect i, I don't know if i would, i'm sure i would say that it was something else but i i kind of have to respect it just for the fact that it was almost it was very calculated it was very calculated and i i do respect that but then was it actually calculated or was he just kind of lucky that like, he didn't time it wrong and leave his feet before the hit or X, Y, or... Yeah, the charging thing, yeah, that's deliberate, but I don't know. I, I don't like it. I don't like... There's nothing nothing legally wrong with it, but I don't like it. Are you going to be um, going to the next Board of Governors meeting and asking them to implement a new penalty called Intent? Maybe. Maybe there should be. If they were serious about wanting to protect their players, then there should be. I know. There should be, it's there not, should be I, some I, level of punishment for, you know, the, it's, it's the last stage of goonery, isn't it? Yeah. Going out there, just want to, wanting to rock someone. Not. And I, I get there's arguments of, oh, if you're just going out there looking for a hit, then you know, you're know you more of a liability to your own team than a danger to the other. Like, No, because if you still hit somebody when all you're trying to do is hit them, when you're not playing hockey, hit should be a result of hockey. Hit, a hit should not be the reason you're playing hockey. Yes. I, I, but I don't know. We struggle to bloody officiate high sticking, let alone like a psychological penalty, like intent. <laughs> psychological penalties, I love that. That's the next step. <laughs> like we're getting all bloody minor, like Colin Cannon's yeah, in the pre-crime. <laughs> yeah, minority report, like... Nah, we can't. We can't be doing that. We can't be doing that. The the thing with the hit as well is, yeah, yeah, it looked like a big hit. Thomas is on one foot. He's he's on his outside edge. He's extending for a puck that he's just played. Yeah, it's a big hit, but he Thomas wasn't in a vulnerable position, but he was in a, a position where he was gonna get rocked, even if bloody I was out there and I hit him. The thing, the thing is, is what it, what makes the hit is the fact that because Krug's smaller, he goes flying and he's hit yeah. his lids off, so his hair's blowing in the wind. If that's Ryan Reeves delivering the hit, 
he just barrels through Thomas and kills him and carries on skating. He doesn't go flying as well because he's <laughs> fucking huge. Literally. Like, but, uh, Robert Thomas, his head would be like a watermelon on the bloody ice if Ryan Reeves had hit him like that. Exactly. Reeves killed somebody last year. I'm sure they were playing the wings. And Reeves just came out of nowhere and crushed a guy. And I that's what made me think of it. I just thought, God, if that was Ryan Reeves doing that, it wouldn't have nearly had the same effect. Because it's only because Krieg's the way he is, the size he is, that it looks more kind of devastating and violent. But incredible yeah, I agree visuals. with you. In- incredible visuals, but similarly to the uh, to the other famous flying Bruin visual, there's more to it than meets the eye, Dan, that makes it a little less impressive in my mind. It's true. Once you start breaking it down. Maybe I'll just I think... fly in Bruin's defenseman. Yeah, yeah maybe you do, yeah. Maybe. It's pointless us breaking down the series. If you don't follow either of these teams, you probably don't care either way anyway, so it doesn't matter. It's the, only, the only thing I will say is, is that it seems to have been punctuated that every team... So it's gone Blues, it's gone Bruins, Blues, Bruins, Blues, and the team that's lost each game has deserved to lose. There's been no... I don't feel at any point either team... Neither team has like sneaked one yet or stole one. The Bruins were lucky in game two that it went to our two because I thought they were dog shit. And they were, they were poor again in game four. So they deserve to lose. And then obviously the two you know the two games they won, they deserve to win. So it's a very good series. The only thing I will say is I don't know if all of the so-called perfection line is injured or not, but clearly Marshan and Bergeron, they do not look right. It's um, they're they're definitely off. They're definitely not playing to their full potential. But I think, I think the series itself, yeah, it's a bit odd. But I think it's a good series so far. Like it's, it's been a good series from a from a Stanley Cup final, really. Yeah, yeah like exactly. Said, the the teams that deserve to win the games and are winning the games. There's no sort of um, officiating jiggery pokery that we've seen in uh, in earlier in the playoffs and stuff. And it looks like it's going to go seven games. So. Yay! Yay me! <laughs> as a as a neutral fan, what more could you ask for? At least that's true. As a neutral, yeah, what more could you ask for? I'm sure as a Blues or Bruins fan, it's half relief, half torture. But it's, it's ah, like, um, yeah, for you, for you as being a, having a vested interest in it, tonight doesn't matter. But it does matter. But game six is going to be the kicker because it's yeah. an elim- elimination game for somebody. So to yeah, extent, yeah. whatever, whatever happens tonight, like the Bruins have to win game six if they want to win or keep... Yeah, if they want to win, full stop. It's true. And you're, I, I keep reminding myself, if you just said to me at the start of the season, you'll get down to game five of the cup final, it'll be tied, would you take it? You're in it. Yeah, of course I would, all day. If you can, who wouldn't? That's why you get here. It's just torturous being in it. But it is fun still, and it is you- exciting. Do you not think you'd go through more mental anguish and ultimately be more disappointed going into the summer if you, you know, losing game seven of the, seven of the final versus not making the playoffs? No, because because I come from a because I because we said before we come from a footy background where you can win a million trophies every season. In hockey, there's one trophy, and if you get to a cup final, you have to look at that as a we had a very very successful season. One team's going to win. And then you can say, well, we were, the, we were the second best team. It sucks, and I agree. But if you're asking me, would I rather be us now, or the Blue Jackets, or the Lightning, or the Flames, or, I don't know, the Knights, whatever, yeah, I'd rather be in our position all day. And even after the season's finished, yeah, I'd, I'd still rather be us, even if we lose. How very boring and rational of you, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Let's move on. We are doing man versus man, obviously, and we were going to do this before 
the series started. But me and Will had a quick chat and we decided that it seemed a bit for the cup final we should predict more than just the outcome and the result. So I propose five extra topics for us to pick, to get points on. We'll quickly go through them and we'll do all game five things, Will. So the time of the first goal, what do you think that will be? Time of the first goal in game five, yeah? Oh yeah, so all these all these are for tonight's game. See, it's just hard to like, because there, there's something at stake now. <laughs> Man versus coin flip. I was chuck out. I could chuck out whatever. This this matters now. Just a reminder. I, while will while will the pontificates about his decision, the man versus man idea is that Will and I predict the playoffs against each other, and then the loser has to go to their respective closest city and promote the other one as being a hockey genius on a either sandwich board or a large piece of cardboard or something like that. Yeah, it's going to be a horrible day. I wish I hadn't signed yeah. up for this. Yeah, me too. God, can <laughs> I just have to bruise lose and I have to do this? Fucking hell. Oh, mate. <laughs> All right, now I'm more interested again. There you go. I knew I'd get you fired up. My 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 sort of first reaction was thinking there's going to be an early goal. So I just want to know, like, what's, what are the parameters for this? So say I'm thinking like 90 seconds. Yeah, so like a minute and a half in. Yeah. But then what? Say I say a minute and a half in, you say four and a half minutes in, and it's three minutes in. What what happens? <laughs> the, if that happens, I'll be stunned. Is what will happen <laughs> because oh. for just two people to predict the first goal and have it be exactly in the middle is bizarre. Would be insane. Right. So okay, I think so just say I, yeah. Say I say ninety seconds, and then it's like a hundred seconds in. Am I still right? Oh yeah, of course you are. If you're the closest, right. can I can I say within the first two minutes? That, no, you've got to get an exact time. I need an exact time. One minute thirty-two. One minute thirty-two. Okay, dokie. Into the into the first period. Yes, yes. Time of the first penalty. So like, the first infraction is going to be like five seconds into the game, but <laughs> the first, but the first time. Yeah, first time. First proper penalty. Yes, first time. Of the, what's the time of the first player having to skate to the box? Let's let's, let's say that six minutes. In the first. Time of the first shot. 14 seconds in. 14 seconds. Okay, dokie. Um, how many shots in total? <laughs> Can I have a look at the game logs? <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't. I've got to have some, some rough idea of the averages. <sighs> go on then. Uh, 55, I'm going to go for. 55. Okay, dokie. Nice. How many saves? Oh, mate. Uh, 49 saves, so six goals. Closest gets one point, bang on gets two points. But what, I'm currently... Uh, okay, so I've gone time of first goal, 7.18 into the first. I think Ooh. it's going to be cagey at first. I think it'll be a power play goal. So I've got the time of the first penalty, 5.25 into the first. Time Ooh. of first shot, 28, 28 seconds in. Total shots, okay. 58. Total saves, 53. So we're quite, quite close on that. It's, it's funny yeah. you've so you think that first penalty is going to be the penalty that leads to the first goal? Yes. So do you think the Bruins are going to score that goal or do you think the the Blues are going to score it? I don't know. Because <laughs> the Bruins have been scoring very early on into their power plays. Yeah, I know, I know. But I, I so, don't know. I don't I saw know. some chart of like, it wasn't how early into the power play itself, but like after, um, after they took the zone. 
and like yeah how quickly they scored and it was all like 12 seconds after taking the zone and stuff and it was crazy did you they um... scored their in the 7-2 game they scored their four power play goals in a combined two minutes and three seconds that's so good i love love little stats like that absolutely that's mad isn't it, it? <laughs> it's mad you, so, of that. so how close are we how oh, close sorry. are we together uh, i'm a point ahead of you right now oh, christ oh, i'm getting a bit nervous dan yeah, me too. Me too. That's what. Yeah, just what I need. More, more nervousness. More, it's great. More yeah. stress. I'm, I'm thinking about the draft and your. Uh, you're forcing <laughs> me to think about the games that are actually being played. I know. Yeah, you're already you're already doing mock you're already doing mock drafts on Cap Friendly and shit like that. <laughs> Not Cap Friendly. Um, yeah, Cap Friendly, right? Yeah, yeah, Cap Friendly. I'm trying to. Yeah, uh, you're, do, you're already doing. You're watching DEL highlights of Moritz Cider, but you're, uh, yeah. you're bringing me back down to real life. <laughs> I know, yeah. There is still real hockey being played well. I don't know if you realise that or not. Not interested at all. Yeah, I couldn't give a shit. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. All right. Extra segment alert, which we sometimes throw in. Hockey players tweeting. I wanted to quickly talk about Taylor Hall's tweet when he said, following the NBA more closely with this Raptors run has really opened my eyes as to how great a league it is. There is a real sense of bravado and showmanship that you don't see in other sports. He means hockey. The stars are on display every night and it's impressive. He's got a point, hasn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Scribes Blue Taylor, come on. Especially if you if you put the two leagues up against each other, like NHL to NBA, it's it's excuse me, worlds apart. I'm not even I don't even follow the NBA and I know that. I'm not even slightly well I'm slightly exposed to it, but nowhere near to the level anyone else is. But you know, especially like North American fans and stuff, and it's so blatant that the NBA markets their stars more than more than anyone else, and and the other other major sports, to be honest, yeah, I don't know. Like, I've never seen a bit of baseball, but I know who Aaron Judge is. I know who, like Jose Bautista is. Like, I uh, yeah, Vlad Guerrero. That's Jr. a great point. Like, you know, you yeah. know these names. Like, it, we we could re- reel off names of like American football players and NBA players, but like, you know these players. How many people? Yeah, your average sports fan who doesn't follow hockey in North America at the very least, is going to know who Sidney Crosby is, is going to know who Conor McDavid is, Alex Ovechkin probably, but you know, are you going to go a few stars deep and they're going to know who Nikita Kucherov is and are you going to have heard of hell, Taylor Hall, for example? Yeah. Whereas with, with the NBA, like I'd imagine I could probably name 20 NBA players off the top of my head and I couldn't yes, tell I you the, and I can't the stand it. played in the first... Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And especially when you add in the fact that we're we're in the UK, like how many how many UK players can name basketball players? Like say say you gave them the top four American sports, you know, NFL, NBA, NHL and the MLB, and you say you have to name ten ten athletes from each of the each of the four sports. NBA and probably NFL, easy. MLB harder, but I guarantee guarantee for for you know, um currently active players at the very least the NHL will be square bottom oh absolutely I'd be amazed if you said to a random maybe a 30 year old male on the street okay can you name me 10 players from any of the four major American sports I'd be amazed if they mentioned one hockey player I'd be stunned but I bet it rattle around in in their brain somewhere would be Steph Curry or would be um, Kevin Durant would be Kawhi Leonard would be LeBron somebody you know I, I, yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. Mate, and I think it before just I, before oh. I started following hockey, and like I still had like a passing, not passing interest in it, but like I'd played a few NHL games and stuff. 
I didn't know Sidney Crosby was until like until I got into it, and he's like the biggest thing since sliced bread. I knew Crazy. I knew I knew Gretzky. I knew yeah. before I sort of realised what I knew Gretzky. I knew Lemieux, and I think that was it. I think that was it. it. And that, like, that was only because I'd seen their names mentioned on computer games and stuff like that. That that's the one. Like I think older players would be more people would be more aware of sort of thing. But still, yeah, no chance. The stars of today, no, no chance whatsoever. At some point, though, you can't you can't keep saying the league has to do this, this, or this. At some point, the players have to just get amongst themselves because they're all mates. They all. It's very rare you're going to find two players in the same sport who legitimately despise each other. It's always a big boys club in the end. You always see it after games and all that kind of shit. And oh, we're training together in this mini camp and blah blah blah. And at some point, they just need to get together and say, you know what? Let's just get on Instagram. Let's just get on Twitter and let's just start putting ourselves out there because the league isn't going to fucking do it. So why don't we do it? But then, how much of that has to be propped up by the league and like the league sort of accepting? All right, this is a good way for us to, if we get behind this, we can we can promote this sort of thing. Yeah, say. I mean, yeah, I mean they would, but you think if the players start it off, then the league will at least then jump in at some point and say, "Oh yeah, that's a good idea. We should be doing this kind of thing. Let's go on with it." This, all oh, this is money we could be making. Let's let's do it. I mean, yeah, let's bring it back to money because <laughs> that's, that's the what it is about. That drives it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So Taylor Hall hate hockey confirmed. Let's move on to the as which happened again, which seems like about five years ago. WHF Worlds. Finland are the world champions. No surprising, Will, when you look at the Finnish talent that they've got. They've got Rene, Heiskanen, Aho, Laine, Barkov, Rantanen. What a team. Um, except none of those players were there. <laughs> Which is kind of unbelievable. The only even close to NHL players that were there were uh, obviously Hemi Jokahaji from the Hawks and Lamiko from the Panthers. That was it. Who? Just, yeah, I've exactly. Heard of, I've heard of Yokihari, but who's the other guy? Yokihari. Uh, Lamiko. From the Panthers, Mate, yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's beautiful because like there are there are Finnish players on the Panthers I've heard of like Henrik Bolstrom and yeah. like, Alexei Hevaniemi, but yeah, oh, that's beautiful. That's fantastic. What are Finland doing? I don't know. We we spoke at this before the world started when we were saying about how they got to the final and there's something in the water over there. And I I realized I realized only yesterday. You know who Finland are, don't you? The Finnish hockey team. You know who they are, don't you? Oh wait, what uh, is this a football comparison? It is a football comparison. Is it Holland? No, the the German national team. I mean, because German every tournament, there. yeah. But if I said to you, pick a world eleven, how many Germany players would you pick? You'd pick maybe Neuer, and that's it. Oh no, Tony. I don't know. Actually. Tony Cruz. Would you pick that's Tony Cruz really? Be... In a world eleven? It's because I really. But like there you are though. Cruz, though. Maybe one, maybe one player. Even, and, even I, and I could go. You could go through history. Every, you could go through every single tournament. Maybe one year you pick one. Maybe every tournament you'd go. Okay, that German player is good. You pick one German player, and that's it. But every single tournament they turn up. Every single tournament they do something. And Finland are the same. This isn't like it's their first World Championship. They've won, I think, three now. And they always gel as a team. They always come together. They're playing for the team, not for themselves. And they were classed as underdogs the whole way through, which I thought was crazy. Which I and I think I put on Twitter, I think people saying Finland are massive underdogs here is a bit silly, considering all the success they've had at every single level, and not just in the men's game, the women's game as well. Something is happening in Finland where I don't know what it is. 
me cry. I don't know why. I don't know why NHL teams aren't hiring all these coaches who coach Finnish national teams because they have something. They obviously have to do something right because all their teams are all their teams are performing in every single tournament. It's insane. Whoever's like you know in the FIHF or whatever their their governing body is for Finnish hockey, like yeah, there are some people with some very good ideas that seem to be implementing them. Unless there is just some crazy thing happening like in in the country like naturally which I'd be very surprised if that's the case I mean clearly there is because they've got like we've said they've got a ton of amazing players in the NHL but none of them were playing you know you're taking you're taking a bunch of you know you're taking a right you're basically you know you're taking the dirty dozen basically and taking them to tournaments every year or every other year or whenever they you know whichever tournament they're in every four years maybe whichever tournament they're in and they're always at least there or thereabouts it's mad, yeah I'd and it's been going Madness. on for a while now because you think about yeah. all the great young Finnish talent that has arguably not even hit their ceiling yet in the NHL. Like, you know, your Patrick Lyonets, your Sebastian Ajos, your, yeah, your Mira Haskins, their Alex Barkov. Like, they, yeah, they are going to be an absolute force for years to come. Yeah, and they weren't just, yeah, exactly. They weren't just good overnight. There's clearly something in the youth level that's teaching these players to do certain things or to play the game a certain way and yeah, it's gone back years and it's, I don't know it's just surprising that the NHL's not suddenly gone hang on a minute we need to look at all this finished stuff and what they're doing and what can, what can, are they doing something that we don't know about but it's, it's not like Finland, Finland's suddenly got the hockey bug or anything not I true mean, it, you know, the hockey's been as far as I'm aware their number one sport for for generations isn't it yeah yeah as far as I'm aware yeah, I can't think because they're not massive into football, are they? No, they are obviously they're they're more into it than like Canada are, but but still, I'd say hockey's like the number one. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just having even more of a grip. I just don't get it. And it's it, especially coming off the back of a relative slump for Finnish stars. Like you think in in years past, you've had like your Team Solanis and your. Saku Koivus and your, your Yeri Lettinens and stuff like that, but over the last sort of ten years, let's say, it's not quite been that level. Yeah, you end up with, with like Miko Koivu and players like that leading the yeah. uh, leading the line. So it's not like there's been some crazy inspiration over the last ten years for for young Finnish hockey players. To it's not like there's been a Nicholas Lidstrom. And then suddenly, yes, you know, yes. in the same way, you ended up with all these incredible Swedish defensemen. Yeah, um, it's funny. I I I wish I knew, because then I would um, put myself up for leadership and and convert the UK into a hockey factory. But um, <laughs> I don't. So my my dream will have to remain exactly that. This, this is the story. Well, <laughs> oh, you become me excited. You get. So Evgeny Kuznetsov lands after flying back, after flying back to Washington, <laughs> and he lands to a billion questions. Oh, mate. Because clearly he had his phone in aeroplane mode. Clearly he had his phone in aeroplane mode because apparently connecting your Samsung to a satellite can down a $125 million sky house, whatever. And he immediately gets bombarded with questions because a video emerged of Evgeny Kuznetsov in a hotel room with a strange lady two lines of white powder and a rolled up note on a table. First of oh. all, have you seen the video? Or have you just seen stills? Or have you seen the no, video? I've, I've just seen stills. Isn't he like waving his phone around? Yeah, the video The video doesn't... 
Essentially, the video is just that still with him weaving his phone around. There's nothing else really going on. There is a woman on a bed, fully clothed, and she looks like she's passed out. That's not a good look either, in my opinion, but there you go. I mean, a little bit, little bit sort of, a um, little bit druggy, isn't it? A little bit, a little bit. Just a little bit. So he gets bombarded with questions. <laughs> a couple of things that people seem to have missed. As he's talking about, you know, they're mentioning, oh, there's a video showing you this, and, you know, what can you explain about it? He, and I'm using air quotes, like the twat with the two fingers up in the air, he confused the timeline in his haste to explain what happened, which to me says this is the first time he's been in a hotel room with a strange white powder <laughs> and a passed out woman. <laughs> because if someone says to you, can you explain about the strange white powder and a passed out woman? And he said, no, I have never, I have never been in Vancouver with strange passed out woman. And the reporter said, I didn't say Vancouver. What are you talking about? <laughs> and he went, oh, my mistake. I confused the timeline. Sorry. It's, it's like he was, um, he had a prepared answer. So, <laughs> if they ever catch me while I'm, while I'm on the Charlie, like, this is what I'll say. And, yeah. uh, and he prepared it just a little bit too much. and didn't leave any wiggle room. And <laughs> here we are now with Koozie the Coke Fiend. Yeah, he already had his answer in his head. But the question he got didn't match his answer. But he said the answer anyway. Do you know what? I remember my... God, this reminds me of something. I remember my first ever job. I was an office junior at a college. And I worked for a law firm. And the two bosses, it was a, a, a duo who were the, the, the partners who ran the law firm. And it was in a four-story building. And the oh. top the top floor was just two offices. And so obviously they had the two offices. And you hardly ever saw them. One of them was walking down the stairs one day. And I was walking up the stairs. And I thought, oh, shit. I can't, I can't remember his name, but let's just say it's Mr. Smith. I can't remember his name, but I was like, oh my God, that's Mr. Smith. And in my head, I thought, he's going to say to me, how are you doing? So I'm going to say, yeah, I'm fine. And in my head, I was thinking, yeah, I'm fine. Just say, yeah, I'm fine. Just say, yeah, I'm fine. And he walked past me and he said something like, oh, you're Danny. And I went, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I just like yelled it in his face because I had my, I already had my answer. But his question didn't match my answer, but I just said it. And this is what Koozie did. He had his answer ready, and the question just didn't match it. <laughs> it's great. You know, what I've, what I've been thinking about this week since it happened is, if I just assumed it's, it's cocaine, I like the idea that it's something more like, like what if it's just two fat lines of ketamine, and he's just going <laughs> to get himself into a naughty little KO. <laughs> So what you are saying is, if I crush the MDMA and snort it, it does something different. Oh, okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> He's on some bloody like two CI nonsense. <laughs> cut to cut to three hours later. They're trying to like stab him in the chest, like in Pulp Fiction, when he's in a thermal overdosis. <laughs> yes, sir, they're at Obi's sir. house. <laughs> they're at Obi's house. Obi's wife's like trying to stab him with a syringe. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate it's it's beautiful I'm so glad it's happened especially where it's the situation where you can't you can't prove that that Koozie's snorted any coke but no I mean from a from a HR point of view we I, I see this quite a lot because in, at my job now I sometimes take part in investigations and things and unless you, you can prove a lot. you, you regularly no, deal with members of your staff that are videotaped in a room with, where they're blatantly <laughs> doing coke but not actually doing coke 
and there's no. also a passed out woman who they claim to have never met. <laughs> what I meant while to say. Show, I'm while showing memes to their friend. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Cat, he is funny. He has a rainbow coming out of his ass. Ha ha ha. Look, his new subreddit called prequel memes you'll love. <laughs> no, I meant I, I take part in investigations in regards to all manner of things. But unless you can prove unequivocally 100% that someone did something, you never have a leg to stand on. You just have to say, all right, well, you've been investigated and don't do it again, whatever it was. And that's what they've had to do. There's, there's no proof. I mean, there's proof, but there's no proof. So, I mean, you know, what else can they do? Nothing illegal about sitting in a chair next to two lines of cocaine. Nothing nothing illegal about it at all. It's true. I'm just sat there. I'm not doing anything. I'm just sat with it. It's just I'm just looking at it. I'm not touching it. Didn't even touch it. Just sitting there. Hell, you could probably yeah. sniff above it and it'd be alright. Yeah, probably. He did say as well, which was something else that made me laugh. He said he left the room as soon as he saw women he didn't know and an unclear substance on the table. So think about that for a oh. second. That means he spent enough time in a hotel room to not see those things, but the second he did see those things, he left. I'm wondering, did they sneak that table out in front of him? Were the women hiding in the bathroom for 45 minutes or something? And then they came out and Kuzi's like, oh shit, who are these women? I'd better get that out of here quickly. And as he's running out the door, he's like, what is this white substance as well? This is a disgrace. As soon as he saw the women he didn't know, he left. Where were they then? I like the idea that he's in his hotel room down the other end of the hall or whatever, and he's yeah. like, find something on his phone, and he's got like I don't know he's got bad Wi-Fi or whatever, but he finds something he's like oh I've, I've got to, I've got to show Dimitri I've got to show Ilya, like <laughs> sprints down the hall bangs on the door he comes in like he's just fixated on his phone he's like oh mate yeah. you've got to see this you've got to see this like shows it it's like oh yeah so good so good and he's leaning back in his chair laughing about it and then he just just sees the, the two lines like hey, I'll say it and just look oh 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 no oh no oh Evgeny what have you gotten yourself into and then sprints out like a Charlie, Charlie Bucket verbal gif he does that slow llama turn and the other thing was is that people trying to break down this film like it's the fucking Zapruder film or something from the JFK assassination like looking at just like somebody was like look at his beard length it couldn't have been in the playoffs he had a beard in the playoffs so when was it and it turns out it's probably when they played Vegas last year in the regular season. That's what people have kind of. That's what people kind of got to is the conclusion. It's just amazing. Just amazing. It's more beautiful. amazing is the fact that this is the first player who's been really caught for a while doing something like this. Because I'm sure half the fucking leagues on shit. Oh they yeah, don't really test that well, do they? Because <laughs> Netsov said eight months or something after it happened, I will take any test you need me to take. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Unless you unless you fucking snowballed something this morning, I think we'll find that you're clear. Right, right now, this <laughs> afternoon, I will take any test that you want me to take. In a week from he's now, like... I'm in Ibiza. Absolutely not. <laughs> I was going to say, he's looking at his watch. If you test me in about three hours, I will absolutely pass that test. But I cannot take it before then. Uh, I'm a very, and you also... very busy and important man. And you also know as well, whoever released that video is now dead. Because Kuzi is obviously part of Russian royalty and he's got connections all over. So R.I.P. whoever that was. Or like he, he panic calls Ovi. He's like, Ovi, Ovi, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. It's fine. I thought, yeah, Vladimir, <laughs> we have a problem. What a video. What video do you mean? That was Kuzi. that was one of the highlights of my week. I love it. I love, I love how like the last time Kuzi was properly in the news was 
over the last two times, he was cussing out Don Cherry, and then he was saying, you know, I do the bird celebration because my daughter loves it. It's like, oh, yeah, go on, go on, Cruzy. There's... What a guy. <laughs> no, no, Never meet your hero as well. Yeah. <laughs> Just sit five foot slugs on a bloody glass <laughs> coffee, coffee table. Ah, just great. Just great. I, I like him more now. Yeah, I think I do too, actually. See, this is what this this is. The, <laughs> see, the league should be promoting this. Look, some of our stars are edgy. They do coke and shit. Look at that. People are tuning in. People are tuning like crazy then. <gasps> I thought, oh, I thought you wanted us to promote. I think you said think outside the box with the PR stuff. Um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Fucking hell. All right. <clears throat> Let's calm down here. So since we've been away, there has been a couple of coaching additions. The Ottawa Senators have hired DJ Smith. He is the man to take the Sens forward, apparently. He spent the last four years coaching with the Leafs, with Babcock, and before that, spent years in the OHL. Today's an exciting day for the Ottawa Senators in naming DJ Smith as their 14th head coach. For us, DJ's a winner. He's also a teacher with the foundation to develop and deliver to the fans of the Ottawa Senators, the team that they deserve. He's pumped, I'm pumped, we're all pumped here. So, and most importantly, he talked about it. When we addressed the team at the end of the year, I told our players that I'll always accept players that don't have the most talent, but we'll never accept here again the players that don't compete. And I know DJ's gonna make players accountable. There is no doubt. That's the one thing I'm sure about that players will be accountable here. Well, besides the uh, obvious guys that are playing up here uh, right now with Kachuk and Shabbat that everyone talks about, um, around the league, people talk about the, uh, the young talent that they have, both here and in Belleville. And for me, it reminds me of, of you know, going to Oshawa or starting in Windsor when you had a bunch of young guys and you were, you know, we were dead last in Windsor one year and, and you grew together. Is probably one of the reasons why he's in Ottawa, in that there are a lot of youngsters on that roster. Thoughts on this hiring, Will? I'd I'd heard DJ Smith's name at least once in the last <laughs> decade, so I, 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 I can confirm he has at least watched a hockey game, at the very least. Good, good, good hiring. Yeah, I'm sure it will be fine. I prefer I prefer this to what the, to what the Flyers did. I think you know it's a new guy. Oh, no. No, don't don't ever say that. The Flyers are going to be far more interesting than DJ. Like what? What kind well, of no. does DJ Smith have? Tell me, tell me one <laughs> thing about DJ Smith. He's kind of short and. St- I watched the press conference. <laughs> exactly. What did you say? He's short exactly. and st- he's short and stocky with kind of like shortish dark hair, kind of crop toppy, like kind of fady crop top kind of hair. I've I've got a stock he's... image of Carl Dubas without any glasses in for my DJ Smith profile. So no, he's yeah, chubby how... than that. Is he? Is he a bit yeah. But yeah, don't don't ever say <gasps> that. Joey looks like oh fuck. I'm just he looks like Barney Rubble from The Simpsons. <laughs> from The Simpsons. Uh, from the Flintstones. The Simpsons. Fucking hell. He looks like Barney Rubble from the Flintstones. Does, does he? Does he have the same dress sense? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's wearing a brown jacket in the interview. I swear to God. <laughs> he's, he's wearing a black okay, sack with, with the Senators logo on one side and then DS initials on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> oh god we'll keep you woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> what um, no there's no there's no way that's a better hire than 
the the, the Hydra. So, <laughs> from, well, no. from a fan point, like definitely, definitely from like a hockey hockey ops point of view, one hundred percent DJ Smith is going to be a bit higher than bloody Fino Terrier and Mike Yo, but. Yes, sensibly. Yeah, sorry. I was I was promoting the sensible side of hockey fandom there, which was let's look at this as a sensible option. Yes, DJ Smith is a better hire, but I completely agree. I'd much rather watch the Flyers this year than than the Senators, who might become a normal hockey team. Best best coaching staff in the league. The Flyers have got that's buzzing. I'm so I, I keep forgetting about it, and I'm I'm just so excited. Yeah, me too. Me too. The thing with DJ Smith is he can't lose, can he? Well, no. we've said we we said whoever gets that job. Even if you make them slightly respectable, everyone's going to think you're a goddamn genius because of the absolute tire fire they were last year. And you know what? I think they probably will be better this year. But what? And what I don't they think it's a fair point. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't does, thought that far, Will, to be honest. Does DJ Smith come back next year if they don't improve? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Because probably. he's a, he's a, he's a fir- he's he's going to be a first year well first year NHL head coach. And I, I think um I think Dorian's going to have a better handle on on uh, on Melnick this season, dude. I, do you know what? Watching that press conference, I realised how much I love Pierre Dorian. I fucking love him. He looks like the kind of guy who will knowingly sell you a bad timeshare in the French Alps, and he's happy about it. He's just got this. You should have. Did you see that press conference? He, no, no. He didn't. has this. He has the smirkiest smirk ever, and he's. I don't know. Like he's accomplished something mammoth, and he's hired an assistant to be a head coach. That's all he did. And he just sits there with this smug grin on his face. And I fucking love him. He just looks like a shyster. You, you sometimes need a shyster. And he looks like a... Sh- I said on Twitter yesterday, he looks like the kind of guy who would steal a kid's bike and then sell it to another kid for $20 and be happy about it. He just seems to be doing under-the-table things all the time and be very happy about those things. He just... It's, it's just a, a shame that his, his track record with under-the-table things has not been very good. It's, fair, it's better than Koozie, who's doing on-the-table things. I'd rather be doing under-the-table things. <laughs> it's good I like that thank you it was funny somebody said somebody said to Dorian they said did you only hire DJ Smith because you know the money the the organisation is saving money by hiring a first time NHL head coach obviously because why would have wanted a fortune and whatever and he said he could have been 10 million dollars a year he could be working for 1 dollar a year there's no impact which to me means he's probably working for 1 dollar a year if if Pierre just threw that figure out there just willingly just willy nilly I don't think he did I think maybe DJ Smith's contract is for a dollar a year. He could be earning a billion dollars a year. He could be earning, say, $16,000 a year. It doesn't matter. It doesn't we matter could make him as rich as We could make him as rich as Jeff Bezos, or he could be working on an intern deal. Who the hell knows? But what I'll say is... <laughs> now, DJ, you understand this. Uh, this is payment and exposure for you. Yeah, you're you're essentially a social influencer. <laughs> that, that's the that's the title of this contract: head of social yeah. media and head coach. Yeah, social influencer and head coach. You're getting paid in Instagram followers. <laughs> you, get, you, you get to have one hot meal in the staff canteen a day, and look, we got you a, a jersey with your name on the back. Yeah, a burlap sack with your name on the back. <laughs> Oh, dear me. Do you know what I feel for? I feel for Mark Crawford. The guy who's already doing the job and he lost out on already doing the job. How bad must that interview have been? It must have been terrible. He was already there. Oh, again. And he still lost it. It's got to come down to money, isn't it? Because Crawford's got a Stanley Cup on his his resume. And uh, has he got two? Do you get both of them in the avalanche? Well, either way. I thought he only had one. 
Either way, he's got one, at least one. one. Sounds about right. He's got at least one. And uh, DJ Smith, as far as I'm aware, does not have any Stanley Cups on his resume. As a no, as a he does have a more. He does have a Memorial Cup. Great. That pushed his value up from five dollars to ten dollars. He's he's officially getting a living wage now. Yeah, he's on base it. He's getting minimum wage. Good, good note. <laughs> and and yeah, you're right. It's a sensible thing rather than going for bloody Jacques Martin or something like that, or, or even Mark Crawford or heaven forbid oh, Patrick Wah. Patrick Wah. God. Now answer me this: Would Patrick Wah on his own have been better than the Hydra in in Philly? What from like an entertainment perspective? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, un- unless they all teamed up together to try and push down the partitioning between the benches, then I don't think they can out- outdo Patrick Moore for entertainment value. I mean, to be fair, there's already there's already two heads of the Hydra in Ottawa already, because I feel that Dorian and Melnick are their own kind of... They do enough work already, don't they, between them, to provide us with enough entertainment. Yeah, but like it'd be, it only really counts if you had like a, a director's box camera option on NBC. Oh, like, good point, you don't, good you don't point. get to see enough of them. In a, yeah, in a, but when they but, but when they do come out, it's fire. It's true. They've got a good like per sixty numbers, but it's just yeah. Entertainment per sixty. Entertainment per sixty. Not enough games played for my vote personally. The other coaching addition was in Edmonton. Dave Tippett is in straight out of the gate. What do you think about this? Uh, I haven't had the good fortune of coaching in Canada or playing in Canada, and that was very intriguing to me. I think this is going to be a fun ride, and I would, if I'm a fan out there thinking I'm going to step away, you might be disappointed. I I think that there's lots of upside in this team, and uh, and I'm I'm excited to get going. Like I I feel that good about it here. You get in the offensive zone. It's hard to forecheck teams if you're just going to use three guys. Your D have got to be up on that too. So I'm a big believer. Defense have to be involved. Have to be outlets. coming out of your zone, breakouts. I mean, you need you need support. Uh, there's some teams that I, I won't mention them, but they do a real good job of, of breaking out of their own end just with short passes, real good support, support of deep partners, but then they get up get up the ice. So whether it be without the puck, a forecheck in the offensive zone or getting up the ice, your D have to be involved. That's just, that's the only way you can stay competitive in the league today. And it's funny, like... In the hockey world, this is still looked upon as a great place, you know, and and sometimes you get in a certain place and you think, oh, it's just we haven't won in the last few years, but this is still looked upon as a very, very good franchise, and uh, that's the feedback I got, and when Ken reached out, looked at it hard, and it was a great opportunity, and that's why I'm here. Um, it's it's hard to, hard to sort of um, get a gauge on this one, get a read on it, because historically, Dave Tippett has basically been... Ken Hitchcock light, but then he's doing that age-old thing of coming into a into a press conference and saying, "Yeah, I used to be all defensive and dump and chase and heavy hockey, but that was because I had to be." And uh, you know, the NHL is going to X, Y, and Z, so I'm going to go with the flow. We're going to play a more attacking, more you know, more visually pleasing style of hockey. Um, but can you can you really believe that? Can you? Yeah, I know. One of my one of my questions to you, I literally wrote this down, read it verbatim, have they just hired Diet Hitchcock? Which I realise saying Diet Hitchcock in a sentence doesn't normally go together, but I thought, well, I couldn't think of a funny way to say it. It sounds a bit soylent greeny, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> plus, don't, don't, don't be nasty, because Ken Hitchcock has lost a lot of weight this season, so Ken Hitchcock is already Diet Ken Hitchcock. Oh, there um, you go. I, I think probably, probably, but then to an extent, do you not have to kind of believe... 
Dave Tippett, <laughs> when he says that he's not going to play Dump and Chase. He probably is. <sighs> I mean, yeah. It's Matt. It, yeah, I don't believe he will because it will be <laughs> it will be insane to sit at a press conference and say to all the media in Edmonton, I'm not going to do this and then do it. He must be aware. He, if he's saying that at a press conference, he's clearly aware that the times have changed. And I know he ref- I mean, he referenced the Blues and the Bruins, didn't he? In his press conference, saying, "Look, you know, look at how these teams play and that kind of thing." But you also need to remember that the Blues and the Bruins have fabulous skilled players on, like David Pasternak and Vladimir Tarasenko. You know, it's not just all fucking Pat Maroon and Zdeno Chara. You know, they have guys that can move the puck, guys that can do things, guys who can score great goals. They haven't just got two good players; they have a good squad, and that's, that's the, the problem for the Oilers. They've they've got a crap squad and can see too many goals. It's quite simple. They need lots of better players and to not concede as many. I, th- I think the other thing that would give me a bit of solace if I was an Oilers fan about the uh, Tippett hiring is is that Holland has stayed true to his word so far. Like yep. about you know, cleaning house and, and trying to trying to make a change. So you you know, combine that together with what what Tippett's saying in his press conference. And I think it hell, there could be worse people out there. There are worse people out there like, you know, he, we'll see what happens, but at the same time you sort of have to treat Dave Tippett as, as any other coach really. He hasn't coached for what, three years now? Yeah, two, three? Two or three, either way. I agree I agree with you in the sense that if I was an Oilers fan, I would be I'm already more optimistic because as you said, Ken Holland has already got rid of uh, the assistant coaches Trent Yorni, Manny Vivieros. He's already got rid of Paul Coffey. Do you know Paul Coffey's job description? What his actual job description was? Was like director of player development or something like that. Skills and development coach. Oh, what kind Which of skills? Which to me, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I was conversation say. skills. It's the skill of leeching off the Oilers. Do you know how much? You, and sorry, just quickly, Paul Coffey, skills and development coach. Do you know how much he was getting paid per year for that job? Will? Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't even get ready to be angry. Two and a half million. That's, that's not that bad. Five hundred grand. Yeah, that's not even league minimum. Wait, Ross Johnson was getting paid more than Paul Coffey was. <laughs> Fucking shout out to Ross Johnston. Jesus. 500 grand for a made-up job. Fucking hell. That's not as made-up as some jobs sound like. At least he's not senior vice director of advising the GM on sandwiches. But do you think he was actually doing that job? Because I, mean, I don't. <laughs> has Paul Coffey put his skates on for anything other than an Oilers alumni game in the last 12 months? Exactly. 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 Probably not. <laughs> At least Ken Holland's doing what he said he would do. So, for the time being, Oilers fans, you should be marginally happy. I, th- I think it is going to be interesting to see how they. It's going to be cl- cleaning that squad up is going to be something. Yeah. I mean, I'm and- interested to see that this off season. I'm really interested to see how he goes about it, what he can do. This is it, and and for the tippet hiring, like it's not bad out the gate. It's very much a let's see what happens in September kind of thing. More Canadian hockey news, actually. To realise, very Canadian, oh, very Canadian heavy. Yeah, Nikita Zaitsev has requested a trade, and it turns out there was a oh, what was it on? I think it was on Hockey Central, I think, where they were talking, and it there was a Russian an interview done. It, players always talking in their homeland, and things get translated. And he does not like playing for the Leafs. He doesn't enjoy playing in Toronto. He says he does not like the... There was an an article, an interview written in Russian, uh, quoting Zaitsev, saying that it was very difficult to play in Toronto. Uh, You uh, very difficult to play defense in Toronto. 
And to it, it, to me, it was very cryptic that, you know, he did not enjoy the spotlight of playing in a difficult scenario in a very difficult town he, it, to the point where he, he and I'm paraphrasing, he says, it didn't matter what we did. We still weren't very good. We were defrauded was his word, uh, probably lost in translation. But he said he, he even cited, you know, everybody wanted Jake Muzzin in town. And when Jake Muzzin came, then they started to get mad at Jake Muzzin. Mm. Um, so to me, this is a classic case of a guy not wanting to play in Toronto. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. enjoy the fan pressure. I was going to say, just that time of year for the old tra- mistranslated interviews or supposedly yeah, yeah. mistranslated. I was going to say, I don't, think it is, I, think this, I don't think this is mistranslated, but he was making the point that you make a mistake and they get on your case immediately, which I was thinking, God, isn't that all hockey fans? But obviously he plays in Toronto, so he notices it more there. He said that all the fans were over the moon to get Jake Muzzin. It was going to be the, you know, the guy who maybe put them over the top. He said he made a couple of mistakes and all the fans started booing him. And he said he doesn't like it there anymore. doesn't want to be there. I, I guess this fits in with, I will say Zaitsev roasted Don Cherry as well, actually, which was quite funny, saying, why why do people listen to this old man? What's he got to say? What does he know? Which just made me chuckle. But this does kind of fit in with Patrick Marlowe is always also trying to find a way out of, well, they've come to an agreement that he's going to be leap. <laughs> Are you laughing at huh. that? It's just funny, isn't it? Just funny that... Um... They've come to an agreement about Patrick Marlowe leaving for the last year of that contract. It's just, um, just funny, isn't it? Very funny. Why shouldn't they both going to end up? Oh, mate, I don't know who's going to take Zaitsev like, for that contract. What, there's six years left at four point two five? Or yeah, something like that. And I mean, there, there's there's arguments to be made that he's been sort of misused, you know, inappropriately used in Toronto. Where he's more of a more of a sort of puck moving offensive defenseman, and they've been trying to give him the old hard matchups. I think I think Zaitsev is a better player than he's given credit for, and like if he was used in a more advantageous situation, he could do a bit better. But still, a it's not just a big ticket, but it's a long ticket for a D man that, yeah, you know, frankly, has not had a good NHL record apart from one season. Pardon me. Where he's going to end up, I couldn't couldn't tell you. Who needs D? Dallas do need a second pair of defensemen. I hope they don't take on that because that is a long contract for a player who, again, is is if is effectively still unproven at best. The interesting say, thing is I'm, I'm with Zaitsev for Zaitsev just because it feels like the sort of thing that they do. That's a good point, actually. That's a really good point. Jack Johnson in Toronto, then, is the uh, breaking news here. Oh, man. <laughs> no, be Come on. Brands. Oh, but who, who would... I don't know, Zaitsev for Matter? Zaitsev Plus for Oli Matter? Well, here's the interesting thing now. is What's happening in Toronto is is that Patrick Marlowe is being told, okay, basically, you know, go and find some rails, blah, blah, blah. Teams are not willing now to take on these two players, knowing that A, one is surplus to requirements, and B, Zaitsev doesn't want to play there. You're not going to get really much in return. The rumor on Marlowe is is that any every team is being every team is who's the Leafs have contacted or has contacted the Leafs is basically saying we'll take the Marlowe contract off your hands, but you're going to put in a Kapanen or you know something like that or one of your great prospects. Yeah, and obviously the Leafs don't want to do that. But if you're going to try and get those contracts off the books, that's what you got to do. That's the way of the world. Mate, I'm I'm not being funny like. You know, fuck Patrick Marlowe, buy him out. 
two two years at what three point one seven five or whatever it might be like three point one two five. Yeah, about that. That's that's fine to eat, I think, but it depends how much you need that three million. Because like, if you need gone, and gone. This was and this was the third point in this leaf discussion is obviously the mana countdown clock is on to July the first. If you're trying to shave money wherever, if you're trying to save money wherever you can, I'd rather have six and a bit million free than three and a bit million free. Yes, yeah, you've got players to resign. I mean, this this roster could look incredibly different come the start of next season, which is crazy to think. But I mean, like, well, you know, is Jake, Gard- is Jake Gardner going to stay as well? But there you go, mention someone else there, yeah. Nazem Kadri. So, Nazem Kadri, like, arguably has to go. Can you afford five million for a, for a third-line centre that's going to get suspended every time you make it to the playoffs? Probably not. There's a, there's a lot to... The blue line's going to be very different at the very least. At the very least. All of a sudden, for the boy wonder Dubas, it's not quite as easy as NHL 19, is it? Where you can just... Uh... <laughs> Force players to take bad contracts. <laughs> I love the idea of Carl Dubas going back to his house every day, like playing a, his franchise mode on with like trades on easy, and he's playing on rookie difficulty, <laughs> going eighty two and oh <laughs> salary cap turned off. I'm the best yeah. GM that's ever lived. He's in the kitchen with a pad and a pen saying to his missus, "I found a way to get Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin playing alongside Tavares. <laughs> I don't have to give up that much." Second round pick. Dude, like we said, there's a there is a ton of teams. Do you know what? I can't fucking wait for the off season. It's going to be so much less stressful and interesting for, like, for me to just be able to watch all these different things unfold. Because that Leafs team is going to be could be massively different, massively different. Probably just going to be a boring off season though, isn't it? Because it always is. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I feel like this RFA stroke UFA class this year is going to be very interesting. Because it's a lot, of, we've said before, a lot of young players now are not willing to take that small deal. They either want money or they want term. Yeah, Matthews has changed the game, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Here's the last thing. My last question on Leafs. Does Marner sign there? And if so, how much for and how long for? Uh, yes, for give or take $10 million. No, it's going to be $9 million for three years. Really? Yeah, sure, why not? I think <laughs> I know. I don't know why I said that. I like you had some direct line to his house. I'm like, really, well, not insane. Been, <laughs> yeah, I'm talking, just getting I've a number. Talking to Paul, Who gives a shit? Paul yeah. said that, that Carl's offered three, you know, nine by three, and, and they're thinking about it. I'll be, I'll be, st- I'll be stunned if he signs for less than ten. I'll be stunned. Yeah, that that's it because like that's my brain saying eh, it should be, it will be ten, but he's only worth nine. Is he? Is he even worth nine? Is he worth nine? Is like everyone, like everyone, everyone keeps saying, everyone keeps saying, why should he take a discount? Matthews hasn't taken a discount. It's not. Why should Marner take a discount? It's not about taking a discount, Dad. It's about what he's worth. Is he? Is he worth more than Leon Drysdale? No, yes. he's not. He's, he's not. Yes, he he's, is. <laughs> no, no, no. Shut up. Oh, shut up. He is. Shut up. We can't do this Actor. again. He's categorically not. We can't do this again. How many points did he have this year? Oh, I forgot. Well, <laughs> I'm serious. We're not doing this again. I'm just, We're going to be here all night. Sa- I'm, I'm just saying, Dan. I'm just saying how many points did he have this year? Mana, 168. <laughs> <laughs> I, I must have missed that. See, look, I can make up numbers as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I don't know. All right, I'm checking now. Oh, you fucking I'm, dick. I'm just saying. Right, I'm checking. I'm just saying. Oh, 
Oh, I'd love to see hate you so much. <laughs> You're I'm making me check. Me. Good, good, because you should check. I'd love to... What do you oh, think? Oh, Alright, here's a question. What do you think he had? What do you think he had? I, th- I think he was like 93. Oh, fucking hell, mate. Good effort. Yeah, 94. Ah. Close. There you go. And, and Leon had <laughs> over 100 with 50 goals. So <laughs> You know what I'm going to say, though? <laughs> so don't make me fucking say it. Don't make me say it. What, what are you going to say, Dan? <laughs> don't make me say Leon Dreidel's play, fucking playing Conor McDavid. <laughs> you put oh, Mitch yeah. Manor Conor McDavid, he'd score 200 points a year. Oh, don't make me say it. How how many points did Tavares have then? Dude, <laughs> we can't do this again. I'm not. I'm ending this conversation. We'll be here all night. Can't do this again. I'm just saying, proportionately, Mana to Tavares is Drysdale to McDavid. Therefore, Mana shouldn't get. He won't get eight point two five because the cap's gone up, but he should get the same percentage that Drysdale got when he signed his deal. Putting that That's to it. one side. We clearly have agreed to disagree on this plenty of times. That's fine. Yeah. But I'm saying he's not looking at he's not looking at Dreisaitl. He's looking at Austin Matthews on his team oh, making yeah, yeah, that yeah. money. And Marner and his agent are going to say Austin Matthews is not two point whatever million dollars a year better a player than you are. They're going to say, well, Marner's just as good as Matthews. That's what they're going to say. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And they're going to. And, and and I'm saying he's going to look at taking a discount is, well, if Matthews is making 11.1, whatever, why should I make nine? That's not fair, kind of thing. That's, that's yeah, that's what I'm getting at there. Do you, do you reckon, what, what do you reckon is the biggest stick, sticking point for us? Reeves versus Wilson or Johnson Hall versus Marner? <laughs> I don't know. It's one of the, Both of those are one of those questions where neither's a good answer. I think they're both bad for us. It's like, would you rather lose an arm or a leg? To be fair, neither's good. No, you know, you're not, you're not living a good life either way. <laughs> no, neither of us are winning that conversation. They're both our two worst things for sure. They're both, they're both our two biggest worst conversations. So, so far, fucking hell. Yeah, but anyway, I yeah, I'll, I'll be surprised if Mana takes less than ten just because of what Matthews is making. Yeah, I, I think. I think. What, what sort of term though? I think if they do that, they're going to look at the same. They're going to look at maybe five years. Yeah, similar same as Matthews, Matthews. Maybe I could. I could see it. If you're Marner, you do it smart and you take ten and a half or something and say, "Well, I did take a discount. Look at Matthews. I, you know, <laughs> I'm making less than him. <laughs> I love this team. I did. I my contract's for the good of this team. I only took ten and a half. If they make him what he feels is low ball off, you might just say, "Fuck it. I'm going to see what's out there. Maybe it's the, like say getting off. I'm just going to forget it and get off a sheet or something. I don't know. I don't know. The 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 big X factor in it for me is, um, you know, the NHL's. Answer to Lavar Ball in Paul Marner. <laughs> I, I can just see, you know, like the Leafs doing doing the negotiation thing and dropping in. Yeah, we think you're worth seven by six, you know. And then Paul Marner saying, oh, <laughs> like, um, you know, Lord of the Rings. You watch Lord of the Rings? <laughs> yes, and I read the book when I was younger. Oh, check you out. So you know, you know, third him. Yes. When he's got a little little wormy man in his ear, and he's like, "They're disrespecting you in your <laughs> little Paul Marner like that." In little in Paul Marner in his ear. Little Paul because <laughs> I've got some Paul Marner's actually Mitch's little brother who just happens to be his dad somehow. He's like on a box next to Mitch. He's like, "Can't do that, Simpson. You're a fool." <laughs> 
There you go. That's my full minor impression. I mean, maybe Marner's being smart and waiting to see how those, how all these trades go and everything. Do you know what I mean? If if teams come to the Leafs and say, "Well, we'll take like we'll take Zaitsev off you, but you've got to put in this guy as well," or you know, we'll take Marlow off you, but you've got to put in this guy as well. <laughs> suddenly, three or four like good trading everyone. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly, three or four players go. Dubis is thinking, right, okay, those players have gone, but that's fine. Now I've got some money, and he rings up, you know, fucking Mitch Marner and Mitch Marner's. Like, Forget it now. There's no way I'm signing now. Look at this team. It's terrible. <laughs> Look what you've got. This is shit. Maybe he's waiting. I don't know. Interesting things. Interesting things all over. God, I can't wait for the season to finish. (laughs) It's the only reason I I get interested in any sport for for the transfer market time. We always say, say, don't we? We don't really care what happens on the ice. It's all the stuff off the ice that's more interesting. They're the the stories. It's like a soap opera. It's like when you you play NHL 19, you start up a new franchise mode, make a bunch of trades... Maybe play two games and then start another one. Rinse and repeat. Yeah. Yeah. What could I get if I traded away Crosby and Malkin? Let's have a look. Yeah, forget that save. This was crap. Let's do a new one. Okay. Have we got one more thing to talk about, I think? We haven't done we haven't done Sunfist or Grizzleg. I don't I don't know if there is much to say about it. Apart from it's nasty. Alright. Let's do this then. Yeah. You wanted to you wanted to we'll quickly do this before we move on to the last thing. You wanted to quickly talk about Sunquist on Grizzlick. Off, off you go. Say your piece. I mean, yeah, I really, I don't know what there there is to say. Like it's a really bad hit. What I will say, actually, so I'm, as I said to you before we started recording, there's so much that's happened that I've forgotten what's happened. All these people, these absolute knuckle dragging cretins, that are saying, "Oh, Grizzlick turns back and put himself in a vulnerable situation." Mate, he's going for the puck. I get the idea of keeping your head on a swivel and that, but you want a geezer to be looking away from the puck while he's trying to dig a puck out. Sunquist is about 45 metres away from him when Grizzlick has his back to him, and he just ploughs in, rams him head face first into the boards. It's unforgivable. Anyone who's who's trying to spin that hit of Oscar Sunquist on a Matt Grizzlick as heavy hockey all the way the game should be played you're you're an idiot you're an absolute moron and you don't understand anything about anything I, I, I don't i don't care you're just a you're just a jock twat and you need to do one quite frankly i agree and <laughs> good <laughs> it, it led me to thinking about we we spoke about this last year and i said could you imagine if the Oilers got to the playoffs, if you were a head coach, wouldn't you send out one of your lesser players, maybe, like you say, a third-pairing defenseman or something, and just say, just do me a favour, if you get the chance, just drill McDavid as hard as you possibly can. If you get suspended, we don't care. Just take him out of the game. Because what happens is, Matt Grizzlick misses more games than Oscar Sundquist. Oscar Sundquist gets a one-game suspension. That's not fair. That's not fair that a player who's no. that a player who gets injured is now missing more games than the player who did it. But then I thought, but how you can't then? How do you then rectify that? You can't rectify that. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's a problem where Paris was too much of a wuss. He should have he should have given Sunfist three for that at least. Yeah, it's it's unforgivable. Absolutely unforgivable. Like one game. Do you not think there's something? Here's the thing. Do you not think there's something to say in? 
as long as that player is injured for, you are not playing. I don't care if you're healthy or whatever. You are listed as a healthy scratch until that player is fit. Because it's annoying because it's the Bruins. But I'm just trying to make this point about any player who does this. If you injure another, especially in the postseason, because it's a series and you can take that player out for the rest of the series, essentially. And you can be back after two games and you're, you know, you're fine and dandy playing again. It then causes a secondary effect that now Matt, Gr- Matt Grizzlick also a game time decision. Is he now rushing back because he has to rush back for this series? Because he's because now in theory, the Bruins lose a guy for the series if he if he was out for that long, and the Blues lose a guy for one game. But but then see, equally, what, I'm, see what I'm saying? I, I see what you're saying, but like if you're marrying a suspension to how long a player's injured for let alone the idea of keeping a player injured for longer just to keep an, uh, an opponent off the ice. Like, there are... There's, you know, people heal at different rates and, like, there's different levels of injury. Like, say say Sunfist had done that exact same hit to Zdeno Chara, you know, sand's broken jaw, let's say. It's probably not going to do him as much damage as it did to, to Matt Grizzly, sort of thing. It doesn't mean that the play was any less dangerous, yet, say, say Chara misses one game, and then you marry that, and, and Grizzlick's going to miss out on three games or however many he's, he's going to miss. The play itself is still dangerous. Like it's it's as dangerous whether he's injured Grizzlick for for however long. Like you can't marry it to the to the injury because it, then it's not it's punishing the result rather than punishing the action. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, George, you know, it should have been at least two games in my opinion, but yeah. Like realistically, you want the suspension to be longer than the player's injured for, but at the same yes. time, like Sunfist. Oh, I agree. You can't. Yeah, you can't like, do it. Yeah, cause... yeah. The the player has the control over the the hit itself. They don't have control over how much damage it does. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. So, I'd, yeah, I I get what you're saying, and and it's one of those ones on paper. Yeah, it's it's a good idea, but I just think it's not. I think more often than not, it's it's like it's like these variable variable length suspensions that we've had in this uh, this postseason. Like, oh, you're you're suspended for the rest of the series. So, like, well, no, that's not that's not it. Like, you know, suspend the guy for five games, have have a spine about you, like actually get, put a number on it. Don't say like, oh, well, you know, if it's a sweep, it's only four, but if it, if it goes to seven, then you're a seven. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you can't. I'm not about these variable length suspensions. Put a number on it. And put a high number on it. <laughs> if you like it, then put a number on it, as Beyonce once said. Uh, yeah, very famous song. Very famous song. Last thing I wanted to talk about was Phil Kessel turning down a trade to the Minnesota Wild. Smart man. <laughs> very very this smart is... man. <laughs> very smart man. I feel that this is until, as we mentioned, as we said a lot of times, this is until Jim Rutherford does his usual mind trick bullshit thing on Paul Fenton and somehow gets Phil Kessel there with Jack Johnson somehow, and Eric Branson somehow. That's the thing, like, Paul Fenton had said yes to Kessel and Johnson, and like, I Kessel's, know. Kessel's a fantastic player, but Jack Johnson is not. <laughs> Where does Phil end up as well? Oh, I just don't know. I don't know, like... How much of his contract can the Penguins eat up? Because they're already eating some of his Toronto contracts, aren't they? I No, Toronto, well, Toronto are eating... Uh, sorry, uh, sorry, yeah, that's what I meant, yeah, sorry. So Toronto, I think he gets eight or like eight two five or something. So like, I think Toronto are eating like one point two. So he's on six point eight at Pittsburgh. 
I think I'm I think I am a bit off with this, but this is roughly what it is. As far as I'm aware, the penguins can one point two. Bang on. Is that it? What what Yeah, one point um, two, yeah. Is that out of eight? Six yeah, six point eight at Pittsburgh. Oh mate. I'm basically going mad. As far as I'm aware, the penguins can then retain fifty percent of that. Fifty percent of that. Yeah, of of the six of what they have. I think because you can only retain on two contracts at a time. Yeah, and you can only retain up to fifty percent. But I don't think. Yes. That, I don't think it's like only fifty percent of the contract can be retained. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. But still, I think in theory, like Toronto could have retained four, and then the Penguins could have retained two. I think. I might be wrong. You could dangle though. You could dangle a semi-decent defenseman. And get Kessel for like four million a year, couldn't you? I'd take that deal all day. I'm not being funny though. Like Phil Kessel was a point per game player last year. Like if you don't want to pay, I know. That's the thing. Yeah, like a point why? Game player, like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Pittsburgh are essentially trying to get rid of. We said this a million times with Pittsburgh. They're essentially trying to get rid of Phil Kessel to get Phil Kessel back. In theory, they would yeah, need a, like, they would need a Phil Kessel back. It's it, it's definitely that. <laughs> they're, they're trying to get. Not Phil Kessel back, like that's the thing, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's it's, it's just come down to especially like Rick Tockett's gone, so the the Phil Whisper is gone, and now <laughs> whatever, do just because he's not like a traditional hockey bloke, they don't want him. Phil Phil Kessel is like Dougie Hamilton, right wing, basically, isn't he? Yeah, great shout, great shout. And it's it's a shame, it's a real shame, but it, whatever, it is what it is. I'm I'm glad that like Phil exists. To be honest, I love him. I love Phil. I love Kessel. Not not only for the fact that like he's a really interesting character, but the fact that because of his personality, he is a fantastic player that is getting traded regularly. <laughs> I know. You just, you just don't see. It's good. I I do wonder if he'll end up at the at the Wild somehow. I don't think he will. Just I don't think he will. But there's. I think it was. Um, 31 thoughts that are breaking it down. Like, there's nowhere else that can really take him that has not not take him, but like, you know, there's a fit there. You know, whether they can fit him, whether they've got something to give up. Like, yeah, I suppose. Like, the Wild are perfect. Not perfect for the Wild. Like, if they were going to give up Jason Zucker plus to take Jack Johnson's contract on. Fucking <sighs> hell, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's not a good one. Yeah, so everyone says the Coyotes because Tockett's there, but uh, yeah, I don't see it. I don't. They've got some decent enough young players, but like the ones that are really going to move the needle, they're not going to want to give up. The Lightning? (laughs) (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Why not? Well, speaking of Lightning, the other, the other. To be fair, there's been lots of rumors swirling around, but the most notable, the most notable one was Eric Carlson, with the headline. In one of the Ottawa papers, the return of the king, Carlson to the Sens, Will? This is it. I've seen like the whisperings around it, but I haven't seen the actual root of the of the rumor. What's what's this actually based on? All I saw it was I I saw a front page of one of the Ottawa papers, and it was it was on ah oh, I was watching something on YouTube. I can't remember what it was. Tim and Sid. I was watching Tim and Sid, oh, yeah. which I really enjoy, and it was on. They had it on the front of the paper. Is this the return of the king? Somehow the rumor has come from somewhere, that because I think because Carlson's you know Carlson's wife is born and bred 
Ottawa. That's that's a rumor right now, and it's there's something there. There's clearly something there because, as we've said before, it's not just what happens on the ice. Players have to think about what goes on off the ice, where they're going to live, their wives, their families, their children, all that kind of thing. Mate, if if Carlson ends up back in Ottawa, that is confirmation that he is injured beyond belief. <laughs> plain, plain and simple. Why why would you go back there? Why would you go I don't back know. there? I, I I think if he ends up there, then he's in his mind not got good enough offers from the rest of the league, which in turn means that the league perceives him as as injured and a liability, injury prone. Yeah. Does he that go to the Lightning? Be. Are they making their? Are they going to make their super team? <sighs> no, he's as much as I'd love to see. Him is a hundred? Is a hundred twenty-eight point yeah. season not good enough? <laughs> Lightning. <laughs> just got got to squeeze that extra two percent, Dan. That extra two yeah. percent. They clearly didn't right. want it enough. I would love. I would kill to see him sign a one-year little thing for and and have a have a blast down in Tampa. But I just don't think it's going to happen. Imagine your top pairing being Victor Hedman and Eric Carlson. I'd just be illegal. Yeah, but dude, imagine your top pairing being Brent Burns and Eric Carlson. Yeah, but they didn't play together. So that's, <laughs> oh that's why. It was, uh, it was whereas like, and Carlson. <laughs> yeah, whereas Lightning obviously clearly would play Hedman and Carlson together. But all right, even even if they split them up, what you get Hedman on one pair, Carlson on another pair, and then Sokajev on another pair. So job on your third pair. We had this conversation a year ago with the Sharks doing the exact same thing. We were saying, oh, even if you split them up, you get Burns and then Carlson and then Vlasic on another pair. <laughs> you know what the problem was? They didn't uh, They didn't keep hold of uh, Chris Tierney and they didn't play Tim Heed enough. <laughs> young Tim Heed? Yeah, young. <laughs> the rookie Tim Heed. The rookie Do you know what? Do you know what I... Do you know what I love the fact we're doing this show for so long is that we have in jokes now. I love being on this show that we have in jokes about young that we can talk about young Tim Heed. <laughs> I wonder if anyone else knows that they're in jokes. There's a few. There's a few. As I mentioned before, shout out to Danny. Shout out to Dyson Sphere. I know there's a few out there who listen all the time. I appreciate it, guys. <laughs> It'd be good to know if young Tim Heed is enough of the zeitgeist that there's not just us chuckling to young Tim Heed. <laughs> young Tim Heed is the in jokes in joke. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're a day one you know young team heat <laughs> if you're a day one alrighty fuck it was good to be back okay I'm happy to be back doing this thank god I fucking ain't going on holiday anyway my <laughs> wife's not here bastard. I know I know dude I'm totally broken I'm not denying that it's a total mess it's an absolute fucking shit show but anyway I, I'll tell you speaking, of, speaking of holiday my one day at Centre Park was pretty pink had a, had a good old time wow fuck it. it's my favourite place to go if I could go on a holiday, I would go Centre Parks every year. It's my favourite place. I don't, see, this is what we were saying. Like, we were coming out of it saying like, it was really nice, but still like 600 quid for five days of that, and you've got to pay on top of it. I, I don't know. I don't, it, it's really nice. It is really nice, but... The trick is to go with another... To, the trick is to go with other people, yeah, like a brother or sister or... Sort of you know, you miss his brother or sister, yeah, then it's not as bad then. Yeah. You can get like an eight-person lodge with a hot tub and it works at about 150 200 quid each. If the, if you take like four couples and it's you know it's then it's totally worth it. Yeah, but is that up north prices? <laughs> no, all, all jokes aside, all jokes aside. <laughs> it is, it is, yeah, it is. Still that you're right, that is the way to do it. Like you have a little split and, and off you go. Exactly. At the end of the night, keys in the bowl. Okay. 
Like Spouse gets out <laughs> of but with, with, your, with your sister. <laughs> well, dude, whichever way the keys go, what are you gonna do? You know. <laughs> you tell us like, can't we? We're getting delirious now. Fucking hell. Okay, let's get out of it. Let's get out of it before we go to. Don't that. That is a very royal way you're using right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the good thing is I'm an only child so any brother or sister I make I'm just making them up it's fine I don't have to think about anything oh, <laughs> I'm, yeah, just, so I'm just yeah, you, you've got a sister-in-law haven't you yeah yeah, yeah. so I'm fine I'm, yeah. no blood relations here fucking hell right well, let's get out of here I, I need to pee can you stop talking about shaking your sister please sorry <laughs> Okay, folks, thank you for listening again. I'm glad to be back. You can catch us on Twitter. If you want to yell at us about our disgusting hockey takes or anything else we've said, I am at Dan Straight's Edge, where you are at. W-E-V-E-V-E-R-E-T-T. At two Brits, one puck, number two, number one. Will, any last words? Um, we didn't get a chance to talk about it on the show, so uh, fuck Dave Portnoy, fuck Barstool Sports, and by association, fuck the Boston Bruins. There we go. Strong words. See you later, folks. Peace.